Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 163 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, joined this week by a very exciting co-host, Katrina Benham, my mum. Hi. Hi. I didn't know I was a co-host. That's fun. Well, where else would you be? Oh, great. It's a conversation. Yeah, nice. Not an interviewee. I feel like that would freak you out if I said it was an interview. Very true. You don't like being put on the spot, do you? No. No. (laughs) Whenever you've done panel interviews before... You're like a pre-question, don't you? No on the spot, quick fire questions. Or give me time to think. Yeah, just need to process. It's always that feeling afterwards, isn't it, where you're like, damn it, that's a really good answer. I know. But it's 20 minutes too late. Yeah, you've just got to let it go. Yeah, and remember that no one really cares what you say that Absolutely. <laughs> we all pay a bit too much attention to it. Uh, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Exciting to be here. I love it. Your, your tone's really changed since... Before you're such high energy, I love it. Dad has been on the podcast previously. That episode went down very well, and the people have been asking for the other half of the dynamic duo. So brilliant! Here well, you, are. you know, I hope I don't. Uh, yeah, hope I give you give you what you want. Yeah, great. Thanks. Just bring you. I Thank mean, you. you're an actual podcast host yourself, yeah, so I well. think bit of a pro <laughs> already. <laughs> Got that on, Dad. Uh, should we start with a bit of high low? Yeah, lovely. Do you want me to start or you? Go on, you go. Okay. I like to start with a low so that we can end on a high. Nice. Uh, my low, which you'll already know about, is that I'm not very well at the moment. Thank you. Poor baby. Sympathetic face. Mm. Anyone else when they're ill just need to go home so their mum can just say poor baby and hug them and <laughs> give them nice food. Uh, but yeah, I have tonsillitis again. My last bout of tonsillitis ended in a Greek hospital. So hopefully this one doesn't quite go mm. so extreme. You're trying to ride it out with a bit of rest. Fluids. Yeah. Paracetamol. Yeah. Being kind to yourself. Yeah. Taking a bit of time off. Yes. And by a bit of time off, I mean a sacred Saturday of switching off. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? When you've got lots going on and you're not ill enough. Not that you have to warrant taking time off, but I'm not needing to like fully, fully step back. But also, you know, that when you try to keep working, you just make yourself worse. I know. Just trying to know what's And sometimes when you're poorly, it feels a bit weightier that you're letting people down feels a bit worse someone else needs to step in sometimes Mm. and say it's okay you can stop I had a great client last week they didn't know that I was ill but they'd seen how much was going on in the week and they said on the day look you've had a really full-on week if you want to move today I won't mind at all you just let me know permission yeah and it still took two back and forth for me to accept it because I was like no no it's fine I know but you're right sometimes you need the other person to say it first yeah yeah it's like when someone cancels on you and you're relieved and you think gosh Probably could have just said that myself. How about you? What's your life? Um, I was thinking about this. I mean, nothing too serious and stuff, but obviously, like the dog is just getting older. <laughs> I know, sorry, Ali. Our dog is called Sam. He's a brown Labrador. You might have seen him on my Instagram stories. Yeah, he's 11 and a half. We love him very much. Uh, we've turned into pampering parents because he's got a bed basically in every room. Yes, I think he's got four beds. Yeah, a lot so. of toys. Uh, he just gets to do whatever he wants, really. He gets given a piece of brie every day to With take his, his pill. Because he's on some quite strong painkillers. And um, if he if he detects the feeling of the plastic, he spits it out. But if you give it to him in a little piece of brie, because we're posh like that, um, he eats it. So, yeah. The dog is eating fancier yeah. than we are. I mean, that's just pos- it's just affirming that behaviour, really, isn't it? He yeah, it is. Goes, we're rewarding him. If I yeah. don't eat the pill... I get the break. Absolutely, absolutely. All our firm parenting has just gone right out the window. No, it's okay. It's just like we're just down to a couple of small walks in the park where we used to love going for like hour, a couple of hours walks at the weekend. And yeah. 
he can't do that. So I suppose it's just facing that and try not to get grumpy with him in the park when he's just really sniffing, sniffing and not really walking. Yeah. We didn't and, have that uh, with our last dog, though, did we? We had another no. lab and he was kind of strong right until the end. Yeah. Whereas this one, you can tell he's old. Yeah, because every time you come home, you say, I can't believe you've got used to this. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. like every, I usually come home maybe every kind of 10 days. And it feels like there's quite a big... Yeah. What was the latest one? That you, oh, what was it? Oh, it's a really disgusting one. Yeah, it's not nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, he's getting older, so he's not quite so aware of uh, when he needs to go to the toilet. Yeah. yeah, but we're managing. So, yeah, I suppose it's just that, really. You think, oh. So, yeah, we'll see how that pans out, but... See what happens. He brings a lot of joy. He does. He's we tell him he's a good boy life. and we love him all the time, don't we? He is a very, very good I've boy. just washed his toys, actually. You're so good to him. <laughs> he's also just got a ramp to get in the car. No, that's one of the changes from last time. He now has a ramp to get in the car. Um, on a lighter note, what's your high, Mum? Well, I mean, I thought, is it too late to say I ran a half marathon two weeks ago? Absolutely Can I sneak not. that in? Milk it. Milk yeah, yeah. It. Got a medal, finished it, ran through the finish line, holding Simon's hand. Very excited about that. Visualised that. That kept me going in the weeks beforehand. It's amazing. Yeah, I was really proud of myself. And it was brilliant to have family Lining the route and cheering us on. That was so special. You did have a full support network. I know. Because the whole half marathon. It did make me laugh pre-half marathon, yours and dad's debate about whether you were allowed to stop and see people. And we were all trying to guess, waiting for you. Like, are they going to stop? Are they not? And you just kept going. We went, yeah, they're going for a good time. Yeah. I think with the grandparents, I thought I'm definitely going to stop and give each of them a kiss. But everyone else just quick high five or whatever. Yeah. Dad didn't want me to stop. That's so funny. Um, And it's probably worth saying, like, you're not a, you're not a runner. No. You weren't a runner. No. When did you start running? Three or four years ago, I suppose, yeah. but maybe three properly started actually like running two or three times a week a couple of years ago. But prior to that point, in the kindest way possible, you no, no, couldn't no. run. No, you were no, no, no. Ran for a plane and basically wet myself and just spent the whole, you know, spent the whole... Was that when we went to Macedonia? Yeah, and we were so late. Fran and I ran and had to take our shoes off and just yeah. spent the whole plane ride recovering from running. And I was stood at the gate like, wait for I know. them. Yeah, and then yeah. long story short, we got into Macedonia and the bags hadn't arrived. I had no luggage, yeah. It was quite traumatic, the whole journey, that one. Um, yeah, so amazing. that's a good achievement. Yeah, yeah, and I'm proud of myself. And like the training really worked. It just teaches you so many lessons about just keep doing the next thing. Like, don't balk at it where it suddenly says, you know, you're going to run for 6K rather than three. Mm. Just keep doing the next thing. And then you can run it. Your legs remember it all, your body. And then afterwards, your body is okay because you've done the training. And you feel good. So loads of life lessons through that, really loads. Yeah, I always think running, it does so much for your kind of resilience and grit, doesn't it? Because you're just... Yeah, yeah. At least for me. You know those people that are like, oh, it's effortless run today. Just one foot in front, like every step, (laughs) aside from maybe the first mile. (laughs) The first mile I enjoy. The first mile I don't like. I'm always like, oh, my legs hurt, my, you know, sports bra's hurting, I can't do this, my breathing, yeah. But it's just that, like, every step you're saying to yourself, I can do it, I can do it, I know. I know, I feel like I can't. I can. Yeah, and I've done it before. Mm. I've done it before. Like when we ran up the hills, Simon was saying, we ran in the Lake District, we've run on Sky, we've got the hills in our legs, we can do this. Mm. Have you noticed that the running has had an effect on the rest of your life? Yes, I think so. Like I'm doing this theology um, graduate diploma and it's essay kind of driven really with how you get your, you know, the hard work done. Mm. So that chipping away, because it seems enormous and I don't understand the question. Mm. And I've got to do tons of reading. 
So it's enormous, the goal, but actually realising you just keep chipping away at it. You just read the next thing. You just find this quote. You just yeah. unpack the question a bit more. You just keep chip- chipping away. Most days you do a little something towards it. Mm. So actually within two, within one week, I handed in my first essay and I ran a half marathon. As you do. I know. As both great achievements. Do. So, yeah. And you started off with Couch to 5K. I did. That's a great example, isn't it? You just set the... Yeah, yeah. There might be, I mean, you didn't have the big vision of wanting no to have way. a and you used to tell us you never ever never. would, but you just did the next yeah, thing, yeah. the next thing. And actually what's really fun is other people that have now done Couch to 5K because I did it. Yes. So they're almost saying, like, because I wasn't a natural runner, like, if I can do it... It's kind of insulting. Said to, yeah, <laughs> someone said to me the other day, I mean, no offence, but, like, I thought, if you can do it... <laughs> I won't lie to you, Mum, that is in my head. When you guys did that the other week, and I think you just beat my half marathon time, I thought, that's really embarrassing. I was 18. I should have been I think fit. Zach was amazed that, like, we weren't puffed particularly. We were like... That no, was okay, you know, like I was leaning on you and it was just nice to be together, but we were okay. Yeah. We weren't on the verge of collapse or whatever. And you we and Dad show it. us up, that's for sure. <laughs> but no, I think that should be your high for the rest of the year. I just that's what I thought. Milk. We should dine out on that, really. So, yeah, I've got two T-shirts. One says, you know, I'm a finisher. So I'm just going to keep wearing that every time I run. And I've got my medal out and I might might have a framed photo, I think, you know, oh, just Mom. enjoy that moment. Yeah. Take it all in. Thank you, darling. I love that. Thank you. What um, about you? What's high? What is my high? I think my whole week has been a high. Woohoo! It's obviously been a... F- uh, it's I feel like the first half of the week was very high. The second half of the week was a bit of a low because it was almost the physical effects of said okay. highs of being ill. But yeah, start the week, announce my new business, mm. launch tickets to a Christmas event, hosted Strategy in a Day, my first in-person workshop. So it was a lot. If you'd have done one of those things, that would have been a high. You did yeah. all of them. Amazing. Yeah. All in well one done. week. So no, it was really exciting. It just feels like, you know, kind of things just feel like they're going, well... I don't really feel this now, but at the start, I was like, things are almost going too well. Yeah. Every, everything's just happening. And then I wake up Thursday morning and I'm like, yeah. oh, no, this is... You're still going to work out how you can pace yourself and look ahead and things for push yeah. points and see who can help you and things. Yeah. Just... You and Dad are very good at helping me to see Thank that. Thank you. And when I crash, providing a home for me to come to where always. I'm Always. Free food and lots of sympathy. Always. A nice deep bath and... Oh, Cuddles? It's my saddest thing about leaving. <laughs> my high of the previous episode was how happy I am in my new place. And actually, mm. I, upon reflection, probably wasn't the happiest living on my own. Not, I think, more kind of personally. I think work-wise, it was good for me, but I didn't. And we were on lockdown as well. So it's just a weird time. Yeah, yeah. But I do miss the bath in my old house. Yeah, just have a good old soak. Yeah, it's just not the same. A shower. No. And although I have cold showers most days, our shower doesn't go very hot. In oh, my house. okay. So if you want to, it's not like scolding. Oh, uh, you know how we like a yeah, yeah. You know, I want to feel like my skin is burning off. But anyway. stayed somewhere this week, and uh, everything was perfect about the room. It was just absolutely gorgeous and mm. stunning. But there wasn't an actual shower that was up on the wall. There was a handheld shower thing over the bath. Oh. So I knelt in the bath and sort of had a bit of a shower. And Dad stood up and just let the water go everywhere. Apparently, but I thought, isn't that funny? All it took really was a hook in the wall yeah, and a shower curtain. Yeah, I was like, how are you supposed to do this? It's funny, isn't it? The small things, it's not a small thing, quite big things. Yeah. People miss. We always say, don't we, we in a future life or future career would be good, um, like hotel inspectors. Yeah. Because we love it, don't we? We go to an Airbnb, we're checking. Yes. The boys are oblivious. Yeah. They just put the stuff down and they're fine. There's just some stuff that really make it that's really easy, isn't there? Mm. I did watch that program about the really fancy hotel, maybe the Ritz or Claridge's, and they actually have a policy of people from the staff staying in the rooms. 
Mm, which is like a nice little treat for them but also they're working out does it work that the socket is here yeah is that light shining in my eye when i'm in the desk at the desk and i thought oh yeah you sometimes don't know yeah what it's how to deliver the best experience until you've been until you've been through it and i think that's a good reminder as well to work out within our businesses like how and i guess you do this within your work when you visit other churches like Mm. how can you almost become a receiver of what you do or receiver of what someone else does that's perhaps similar to what you do that oh, gives yeah. you that all the time picking those things up yeah, yeah yeah when you actually experience something mm. you know we'd have something like a value for instance like with a sunday service at church you know that there would be people welcoming you inviting you in and sometimes that falls through because there aren't enough team or perhaps people just don't value it and think they don't really need it but you go somewhere and it doesn't happen and you notice it. And you realise, oh, yeah, it feels odd because you don't really know where to go and you feel a bit like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. So and it's always the little touches, through that Britishness it? sometimes, mm. you, know, where we, you know, we're a bit shy about it. But actually, someone that's just saying, yeah, you're in the right place and the door's open and you're welcome. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So sometimes you have to experience it to realise, like, the value you hold is really important and you're not going to let it slip. Mm. And I guess part of that is acknowledging that you have the capacity to have an impact. Mm. to then do the things and tiny things often tiny things that's it isn't it it's even like when you order something in the post a little note in there oh i love those little notes i know just something that makes you feel yeah seen yeah i keep those they're my little bookmarks and things (laughs) you love ordering things online uh my mum is the reason that instagram and facebook ads are still in business because (laughs) she is a victim of them on a very regular basis. I wouldn't even say a victim because they seem to have a very positive impact on your life, the things that you buy. <laughs> so I'm all for it. Right, chit-chat over. Let's get into today's episode. So I say episode, that makes it sound like there's like a really set structure. And I'm going to grill you about all the big questions of life. I think there's so many things that we could cover and probably many a tangent that we probably will go down anyway. Um, but something I would like to discuss... I guess within the work that you do now is what it looks like for you to be a leader but also be a woman and kind of own those two hand in hand because I think in business we are all leaders right we're leading our own businesses if we have teams we're leading those if we've mm. got clients or customers we are in some aspects or if you look at it in the right kind of way leading those people if we've got audiences we're leading and I think leadership typically is such a masculine thing isn't it when we think of a leader we probably imagine you know a white middle-aged man in a suit and that's what leadership looks like and you work in a leadership role but obviously that's not what you've always done that's something that you've transitioned Mm. into so I guess could you give people like a bit of a backstory so we've got kind of context for it what has your career looked like so far and what do you do now yeah sure so I'm 56 now own it thank you Someone said the other day, I can't believe you've got children as old as they are. I'm like, thank you. And no one ever says that because I'm a bit wrinkly. Oh, that's but... a compliment. Yeah, it's good, yeah. Right. My brain struggles with that. Yeah, sorry. I'm like... um, so I started as a teacher, always wanted to be a teacher, primary school teacher, and just really enjoyed being in the classroom. So I've had a whole, like, you know, career of that and not going up in, like, the management structure or promotion. Mm-hmm. Mostly to keep it manageable with the family doing job shares, doing part-time roles, things like that, but stuff I really enjoyed. So I really like being in the class. So if you, you know, if you do have promotion in that setting, you can still be in the class, but you might have a lot more responsibilities, but you'd usually be mm. full-time or you would go to management and you wouldn't be in the class. So, um, yeah, I just love what I was doing. And then, gra- and I was volunteering in church roles and then did church for one or two days a week, leading some aspects like one of our 
our Sunday services on one of our sites. So we've mm. got we're quite a big church by British standards. So we've got four different sites, and one of them was having three Sunday services. So I would lead those yeah. as a volunteer. I think that context is helpful, and I, I yeah. try to give that when I talk to people about the church, the kind of church that you and Dad are involved in. Obviously, every church is different and brilliant in yeah. its own right, but it's that it almost is an organizer it's yeah it's an organization well and it's run by volunteers so when you do lead something like a sunday service in our context i probably there's probably going to be i'm not leading anymore but tomorrow morning when i go there'll be 30 40 45 50 people making it happen Mm. so you're leading them you're leading the leaders of those teams they're leading their teams etc you're showing a lead i suppose going back to what you were saying just now in whatever context we're leading we're the ones that bring the heart and the soul and the passion and we carry the vision through in the culture. That's what we're doing always as leaders. So for instance, just now, I'm not actually answering, answering your question, but I will in a minute. <laughs> just now I had a conversation because somebody else um, is leading tomorrow morning and they're quite new to it and they're volunteer. And so I was asked, I wanted them to do something and I knew I could do it because I've done it for all these years and I've stepped out of it now. But I knew the best thing would be to empower them to do it. But I needed to explain to them you know, you could just say, you need to do this. I want you to do this. Mm. But I wanted them to come to that conclusion. I wanted us to work it out together in an empowering way to say, hey, I would love this to happen tomorrow. So uh, this is super specific, but we've got um, adult baptisms happening tomorrow. And there's somebody new that suddenly says they want to be baptized. So the the person that's um, in charge said, oh, it's a shame it's too late for that. And I was like, no, that's not us. That's not what we do. Mm. Just because it's tricky, just because it's complicated. No, we make it happen. So just coaching her through that, I suppose, so that we end up and she's then hopefully thankful we've had the conversation and feeling empowered. So it's giving her the, I'm empowering her and giving her the authority whilst also saying, I'll help you as much as you want or you like, Mm. but it's way better for you if I don't just parachute in now and do this for you, Mm. which she really which they do want. People do want sometimes. I mean, it's human instinct, isn't it? I know. But if you carry the burden of it, like, you know, you don't know this person that's Mm. suddenly said, well, you've got to connect somehow or other and and hear and help them get ready for tomorrow, whatever that means and everything. Mm. But also there's some things that she particularly was worried about. And I was able to say to her, oh, don't worry. She don't need to worry about that because X looks after that side of things. Mm. And also a reminder what it's all about. So for us, like because it's church, it's all big celebration when someone gets baptised. It's really exciting. And she was really worried that she wasn't going to do a good job with all the practicalities and what she needs to bring. But mm. just giving her the vision. So I think as leaders, we're the ones that bring that. So there's... It's bringing all the vision. They're stepping back and actually not jumping in sometimes. It's thinking, if I have empowered you, I do really need to empower you and not say, don't worry, I'll just do that for you. Mm. And is that something you've struggled with in stepping into leadership is, I guess, not delegation, but the whole, oh, I know I could just probably do it quicker yeah, yeah. and easier myself. So yeah, it's fine. I think for me, that's something I've learned definitely. Because especially like, you know, I want to please them and I want to serve them. And I've got the knowledge and experience. And she's, you know, a volunteer and I'm paid by the church at the minute. But actually a lot of our work in church is led by volunteers and it's our job to empower them. So I think I'm learning that. And part of the skill is stepping back. Even like you get a text message and you like not replying that instant, but just having a good think. Mm. and just thinking what would be really helpful right now how could I really help you so that next time it comes around in February you're even more empowered than this time to do it Mm. you know Mm -hmm. 
but there's this whole empowering thing really where you do need to give people actual responsibility and authority and I said to her you know again it's super specific but we have a big pool in the church so they'll actually get in it they'll go under the water they'll come out won't they it's full of water and she's worried it'll be cold and I'm like okay well let's go there like what's what's the worst case scenario it's cold okay we'll figure it out together you know, we're not in the business of being perfect. So just trying to come alongside. And I thought, actually, I do. That does need to be my role quite a lot at the minute um, with some of our new leaders just coaching like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's that word coaching that was just in the back of my head of like leading isn't telling people what mm. to do. As you're, you're saying, it's coming alongside people yeah, yeah. and supporting them, whether it's that they need support, expertise, encouragement often a blend of a few different things to help them to then so what I'm trying to do is step back and actually modify my language so I I know naturally I'm quick to like we could sort it like this and I want to say if for instance I want you to do a whatsapp group for tomorrow morning all the people involved so we're all on the same page Mm. do this I want you to do this but it's more powerful really if we if I just say, look, I think it'd be really helpful. Would you be happy to do that? Is that something you think would be a great idea for the team to mm. I mean, occasionally I do step back and, you know, there's a couple of leaders at our church or men and I think I need to be more like that. What would he do? You know, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm going around the houses a little bit, but mm. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting leading men. That's yes. just a new thing for me because in primary school teaching, it's quite a fit. Well, in my experience, it's been a quite a female environment and you've got your class of children and you've got a teaching assistant and perhaps you're mentoring somebody. But to have a team that you're empowering, that um, you used to work alongside and now you're leading and some of them are men, you know, and just work out. I think I was challenged at first because I bring quite a nurturing style. Mm. Like, do they need that? Do they want that? Does that help them? Is that a bit cringy? Am I being a bit mummy? Mm. So just trying to work out what my role actually is in helping them and what they need. Mm. But that confidence, actually, and I've been, people that have helped me have said, no, you need to really lean into who you are. That's why you've been asked to do this role. And that's how you're more authentic. Mm. So actually getting to know them, getting to know them personally, really coming alongside saying, how can I help? Mm. And when you stepped into your role, which is, you know, you are in quite a a male dominated space, church leadership, not necessarily just within your church, but within kind of the UK as a whole is quite a a male space. Did you feel that almost pressure to conform to their approach and their way of doing things before having that confidence of, no, actually, I need to bring my style? Yeah, yes, definitely. And I think probably rather than even trying to be like that, just thinking I can't be like that and therefore just retreating mm. rather than working out what can I bring and how can I be. What then helped you to get to a place from initially retreating to then? Well, Simon is great at that as a leader. So, you know, as a the senior leader in our church, in any case, as well as my husband, but he's always like bringing me into conversation. So we'll go somewhere, for instance. And we did that this week. We've just been away. So when you look at me and him, like pe- people will look through a certain sort of, you know, rose glasses or whatever. They see an older woman and they don't really necessarily value what I might bring. You know, there's a younger, quite dynamic guy from another church, really keen to speak to Simon. Mm. Doesn't really initially think I've got much to bring. Kind. Mm. I mean, this week I had a number of younger guys saying, hi, Simon, so good to see you again. And then, oh, hi, I don't think we've met before. And I thought we have met before. 
but I'm like invisible. You're not expecting me to come up with anything. So that's quite interesting. Do you have an emotional reaction to that before you? Because I know you don't react. Yeah, I think I would. I used to have done. When I've perhaps perhaps I'm a bit more secure now. I used to, I would have used to be like you know huffy about it or just think oh ridiculous you know, but now I'm just like that's okay. It's quite nice being invisible sometimes for the first bit. You're like, <laughs> and then I can surprise you, you know, by me bringing something. Yeah, I mean, Simon would always say, you know, Katrina leads the largest site, X, Y, and Z, or I'm on the mm. senior team with four other guys. And so he'd always sort of elevate me like that. And then you realise, actually, once you get to know people, they realise what you bring. Mm. So my our own team are fabulous. So we work with all kind of ages, loads of guys, loads of women, and... There's good banter, you know, whether it's like our production guy who's in his late 20s, just really good banter. And or in team meetings where we're making big decisions, we're planning stuff out. They realise what I bring to the party. Mm. It's just my particular thing and they value that. So it's lovely when you're at home and I only notice really how good that is when I go into another context and you just realise that you don't have an expectation that I'm going to bring anything particularly significant. Yeah. So that's disappointing that that's still out there. Mm. But it's just must be human nature, mustn't it? Well, I mean, it's society, isn't it? Yeah. And all of the yeah, yeah. The... I mean, I'm yeah. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not showing up as a dynamic. You know, even like younger woman or a male. So I'm you know an older, older woman. So they probably think, oh, it's nice you brought your partner. I didn't know you could bring your, your wives. When it's actually like, no, I oversee full quite yeah, large yeah. sites, and I'm on the senior team. But yeah. Simon's very empowering like that, and just very honouring, and invites me into conversations mm. and things, and puts me forward. And the other women in our church, you know, and other women in leadership, mm. he's really brought a big, a big, huge change over the last few years. I feel like a big part of that as well is like dropping the ego, yeah, of not yeah, yeah. caring, yeah. What I don't want to say irrelevant people, but I guess not yeah. caring about those opinions which don't actually change yeah. who you are and going, well, what am I actually upset at here? Yeah, yeah. And is that something that yeah should really... And actually, out? maybe it's even the confidence. I know I can bring stuff. And so if we get to know one another mm. and we've got a relationship, you'll see, you know. And then, it'll, you know, you've got to flip it yourself and just think, who do I not have any expectation of? How do I greet people? How do, What's my expectation of different people? Mm. You know, people that are unexpected, you know, might bring all sorts of stuff that you might need in your organisation and just Mm. be open to that. Just treat everybody kindly, really. Take them up in the lift. Be kind to people. Mm. And like you said, then you get to surprise people a bit if they underestimate you. Yeah, they're being kind and everything. They're not being unkind. They just just haven't registered. Mm. Yeah. And then like you said, it comes from that inner confidence to not then go, okay, because of that, I should step back and not bring anything. But actually then go, okay, I'll yeah, bring me. just bring, yeah, 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 have that confidence. Mm. Especially because, you know, you know you've got that at home, in our home setting. Yeah. Mm. But it is really interesting, that sort of invisibility, really. Yeah. And I wonder if that's something like you're saying as well that does come with being older. I mean, mm, I didn't see I you as so. old when yeah, you said yeah. you were like yeah, older no, woman. I that doesn't so. resonate with me because you're my mum and I didn't yeah. see you in that way. But yeah, I've had conversations with people kind of in the business space before where it is, you know, a lot of people that are kind of, 20s and 30s and actually mm. what does that then look like for people who are I don't want to say old older mm. you know what I mean what, what do you feel has kind of helped you over the last I mean you mentioned kind of dad's been a good support but I guess anything kind of personally that supported you in you know transitioning from being not at all in a leadership position mm. for quite a few years to now in quite a senior one yeah that, I mean I guess it's probably quite similar to the running right where if you were to look yeah. at A to B that seems like such a big jump but it's so many micro 
it is. steps. Yeah, yeah. It's just keeping doing it, keeping make, keeping making those decisions, keep doing things, keep humble about it. Yeah. Mm. Just keep doing the next thing, isn't it, really? Mm. Mm. Don't know. I have to think about that one. Come back to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a part two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested, I guess, jumping back a little bit more in terms of kind of your career, because obviously you were a primary school teacher whilst we were all yeah. growing up. Um, and now, I mean, tell me if this is right, I'm sure you still spend a lot of time doing things for the for us as kids. But obviously at that point, a lot of your time and energy was balanced between work and family. Yeah. How did how did you find that? What was what did that look like for you of trying to prioritise the mm, two? That's interesting. I chose to work part time when you were all little. I wanted you know, and have time completely off, especially once I think after you're like you're our third, obviously. So after our second one came along, it was quite tricky to organise childcare and things or work out work. So I had some time out of the workplace until you were ready to go to nursery and then I stepped back in. I suppose really it's understanding that 25, 30 years ago, the you know, our world was in a bit of a different place. Mm-hmm. Expectations on us. I think especially as well at the time, perhaps in the church, a lot of women didn't work and would be at home with the kids. Whereas now all women work outside the home, really. Mm-hmm. And and the men and women share the role much more. So that's come on a lot mm. in our church and with our church families, mm. you know, much more than men and women totally share the role. Whereas we probably came out still at the back end of the man goes out to work, mm-hmm. the woman supports him, works around him, that sort of thing. Not in any nasty way, you know, I'm the most important. It's just like that was the career, really, and the one that brought in more money. And so sort of prioritising that, but not with any, like, yeah, didn't feel negative, and it doesn't feel negative now. It's what I wanted to do. Mm. I wanted to be with with you guys and spend time with you. Mm. Didn't feel like a trade-off in any way or a... Not at the time, but I've been so fortunate now to have this sort of, you know, really flourishing Mm. time yeah, I don't know what would have happened if I'd have if I'd have carried on part time and stuff. I guess you could still just carry on like that. But for me, you know, I'm working. Well, especially I mean, before just before lockdown, I went to working part time again. Now in this role, it's three days a week, um, but I was working full time. So then I was like mid fifties and working full time and with a lot of responsibility, and that felt really good and really flourishing. And I guess probably if we hadn't had the church, I'd have liked to have done that in the school setting. Yeah, so I suppose I've been really fortunate in being able to do the two side by side for a number of years, mm. but both being the sort of roles that really, for me, take like heart and soul and aren't like nine to five jobs or whatever. Mm. Um, that's when the teaching kind of stopped and then took on more responsibility in church. Mm. So I love that because I think it's a great reminder that we don't have to have it all at once. Yeah. I, think I, I definitely feel the pressure and I know people who have got families and kids kind of have it to such a high degree of like everything needs to be at its maximum you know my career Mm. needs to be at its highest level and Mm. I need to be here for my family in the biggest capacity and you know showing up for myself and of course all of those things have importance we shouldn't neglect any of them so to speak but to hear that kind of over your life so far like you said you can see how what maybe you didn't have for a few years, you're now have got, you now yeah. have the capacity in the space. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that. it's challenging as well now to support younger women mm. who perhaps both of them are working full time and they've got kids. 
you know, with any expectations we've got on them, any expectations they put on themselves. You know, I didn't do that. I haven't done that. I haven't done it that both Sam and I are working full time and we've got young children. Mm. You know, so how can we support them better? What do they need? How can we help them? I mean, how they got through lockdown, working full time and kids at home. I just don't know, you know, especially the women, I think, probably that Mm. took the burden of that, you know. It just really take my hat off to them. Mm, yeah, any of my clients or students who are mums, I think I probably, I worry that I come across patronising sometimes because I'm so just genuinely in awe mm. at how they do it. And it, it breaks my heart sometimes when I have conversations, especially with one-to-one clients where they're just putting so much pressure on to do everything mm. and be this, you know, perfect mum and also this perfect businesswoman. And actually, mm. yeah, like you said, that that kindness to yourself of, is a big and the expectations I guess I know I mean it's it's harder when you're younger as well I'm because I'm more sort of senior now or older whatever I've just got more choice I've got more options I've got more say in you know what time I work and things like that Mm. what do you encourage those mums I guess particularly with if they're you know working full-time and Mm. have a family there'll be a lot of people listening who are in that position with their businesses I know it's a lot of, I mean, if you've got a partner, you know, it's talking about it, isn't it? Because even though I'm saying all these women and men do it equally, every time you read stuff in news reports, it still says women take the, yeah. the lion's the share. The stats from lockdown were crazy yeah, yeah, of yeah. how much women were yeah. taking on, despite them both yeah. working full time. But partly, it's, one of the funny things is, you know, if you do it, then the other person doesn't know that mm. maybe they could do it. You know, you do it for them. We've had to have conversations because there's me and two men living in the house now that we're three adults all working and all living in the house. The other man's my brother, but yes. like, that made it sound like oh, you yeah, live with some weird so man. Weird. Yeah, sorry. It's my brother. Yeah, your brother. Your son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> made it sound like you live Jacob. with dad and then someone. Yeah. <laughs> me and dad and Jake. You know, that because I can turn back into mum of teenagers again or mum of a 10-year-old mm. and do family meals and do take all the responsibility. I can just slip back into that. And then I look and think, Flipping Eki's 25, you know, we're both working full time. Mm. And so neither of them are unkind, nasty people, but they don't say no to an easy life, really. You know, they're no. quite happy if if I was to cook every meal. Yeah. They wouldn't say no. Yeah. And if That's I guess... not fair, because I'm happy to do it if I do it. So you do need to talk about it and you do need to keep on it and not let it slip. Mm. And if it's in your nature to want to look after people yeah. and society tells you that's a role yeah, for you yeah, to do yeah. and people aren't telling yeah. you not to and it's maybe something you've done before, it's so easy to... Yeah, the housework and things and, you know, I don't know. I heard um, Stacey Dooley on the radio this morning. She had Kevin Clifton. She was interviewing and the last thing she said to him was, have you left the house tidy? Is the kitchen tidy before you've left for work or something? And you think actually housework and looking after the house can be, you know, a big deal. And it, it does make the world go round, doesn't it? Mm, There's that's still a good stuff point. I, you know, I just, I just feel more weight of it probably, some of the things in the house. More of an awareness. Yeah, but sharing out like the washing, sharing out... The cleaning, the dog walking, the main meals and stuff, mm. you know. So for me at this stage, that's been a conversation. And I think from talking to my friends, younger friends, they ju- you just keep needing to have those conversations. Mm. And I guess not waiting for someone else to start the conversation. Yeah. But you can... And not be a martyr about it. But, you know, just... And also, I suppose you've got to tell people what you can actually cope with 
you know, and if you're in a workplace or you've got your own business and you're you're keeping crazy hours, you can't you can't keep that up, can you? No. I think a big part of any of the strategy work I do with people is actually working out what's your capacity to implement. Because mm. I think so often we, we we get really attached to the vision and the plan, but it's never or it, it is rarely made with our capacity in mind. And if we're overexerting ourselves, yeah then it's not sustainable. And we're just setting ourselves up for a really horrible experience. And all those things like when do you best work? What's the best time of the day for you? What do you need? How can you simplify your home so you make systems in place so that there's just less emotional energy going into things, you know? Mm. Silly things like I've got the dog's medicine all on a rolling thing now, how we order it. I don't run out and then have that awful, got to get to, you know, long phone calls, got to get to the vets, inconvenient. You know, I schedule things like my prescription to come regularly. It just comes. You just take all the emotion and the energy out of all those little things. Mm. You know, your dentist, your hairdresser, your your shopping, your whatever you do, just automate it as much as you can or delegate it and take away all those, those things that make you go slightly mad. Yeah, mm, They add up, don't they? It's like these tiny little resistance They really do. Resistance I mean, it goes points. wrong sometimes. We run, you know, and you find you're like, you're, you're rushing to the vets and you're waiting outside and it's all inconvenient and you, you know, or you arrange an appointment. You think, what on earth did I arrange it for this time? Life's not perfect, but yeah. there are things you can do to make your life flow a bit easier, really. Mm. And I think anytime you catch yourself saying, oh no, I should do and I must and I need to, which I probably was more in that place when you were all little just hadn't learned these things you know yeah it's such a hard thing to do though isn't it in the moment to actually change your mindset of not beating yourself up for perhaps not doing something yeah yeah to the best of your ability and actually just going it's all right yeah I always find a helpful reminder is just thinking like who actually what impact does this quote-unquote maybe failure actually have Mm. you know if I get really frustrated that I've I don't know dropped something Mm. in the kitchen and that's just got and I'm like okay what does this actually mean okay I just need to spend two minutes clearing it up or this thing went a bit wrong in work okay I'm really annoyed yeah. that I couldn't do that or bring my best to that but okay who actually cares what's the end yeah, impact yeah. of that I guess just lowering our expectations and mm, being be a bit kinder. kinder to ourselves they say don't they you know imagine you're talking to a friend what would you say to them you think actually mm. we're much un- more unkind to ourselves mm. but I think um you know it's stuff like looking after ourselves that falls off the off the to-do doesn't it like going yeah. for a swim going for a walk going for a run going to book yourself in for a little treat of some sort you know but actually the those good things and those regular things like for me getting out for a run now just does brilliantly for mental health and time I spent with Simon and good start to the day you know don't allow things to take those places well that that's what happens isn't it when we get busy we yeah. we drop all the good habits and we drop all the self-care. Yeah. Which, and the very thing that gets us through a busy time is good habits and yeah. good self-care. And somehow we ridiculously can't get that right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just about to say. If it's when you need it the most yeah. is when you yeah, yeah. drop it first. Yeah. And I think it's where it's seeing it. I've had a lot of conversations with clients recently about this where we fall off the bandwagon, mm. but we set the expectations so high of what getting back on the bandwagon yeah, is yeah. like that we never do it. It's like, yeah. okay, I've lost all my habits, right? I need to go back to those really good. And it's mm. like, no, just try one just or just be imperfect yeah. with one of those things and build it back yeah. step by step. I mean, that's a, a question to ask you as well. You know, you've got a demanding job you love your job it's something I think that Mm. I've massively picked up from you and dad is like the not the importance because I know it's not true for everyone but the 
the benefits I guess of loving what you do and having a real mm. passion for it but I guess the possibly unhealthy side of that is you can get a bit all in with work and not necessarily know when or how to stop you can dream about it you think about it all the time (laughs) because when you said earlier high low I'm like well I just think of a work example like something hasn't been here this week or yeah yeah how do you find that you have to be so intentional about your boundaries don't you Mm -hmm. is that something you struggled with when you were in a teaching role is that more so now with the work perhaps more so now there's just so many people involved although teaching you know they're both jobs really that just never ends you have to decide I've done enough rather than mm. great you've done everything you need to do to prepare for this next day you You're know when I was teaching there were like so many things to prepare for each day you know because all the lessons were differentiated for different levels it's so much going on and I suppose yeah helping you to know you've done your best so for me it's literally putting in like I'm not going to work on you know Wednesday because I'm studying now for this diploma I'm doing Mm. taking email off my phone deliberately not working on a Saturday things like that Mm. and having I mean that's what we talked about I talked about with dad when he came on the podcast is having that rhythm within your week yeah I guess it's working out isn't it how do I prioritize all the things that are important to me because when you love your work it's so easy for that to take up yeah, yeah. all of the space and it all of really the time is. and all of the energy. And then suddenly you, you might, it's not that that's a bad, you know, all the byproduct of that might not be bad because you love what you do and it's mm. having a great impact. But I think then what that does for you, yeah, you're not as fulfilled and you're not as obviously healthy and everything else. That yeah, switching off, but also trusting perhaps other people can do things and the world doesn't stop just because you... Yeah, you haven't done it, so that's quite a humbling thing, isn't it? That's why I love being up a mountain because you realise the world's a lot bigger. Yeah, than your own little. Absolutely, thing. yeah, yeah. The that's world's not going to stop turning because I'm not working today. Mm. You know, and I would like to. I mean, I find it hard. We well, you know when people say, "Oh, you know, oh, no one gets their to do list done." I mean, you know, in Christian circles, a friend used to say to me, "Only God gets his his to do list done." I'm like, "No, but I want to get my to do list done. I want everything ticked off." So being able to actually finish for the day and see the things still needing doing. Mm. Like, okay. And sometimes I still do them because it's just really important. Other times you just leave them hanging and you have to. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a dance. It's not like, absolutely, I'm not going to look at it. So today, I don't work today, but like I said, a message came in that impacts tomorrow. Mm. And for various reasons, it's down to me to respond to that. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to look at it. You know, you just make that judgment call. Mm. But it is so helpful to have those healthy rhythms. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially if you've got stuff that you're passionate about, it can take over your whole life. Yeah. But you're not always super productive just because you're working on it all the time. That's always a good reminder, so isn't like it? So like a breather is good, isn't it? And a stop and a doing something else. Mm. Or for me, if I do something like, I don't know, I make a cake or something and listen to a podcast, like it's something concrete I've made that I'm happy with, you know, rather than this, I'm just moving lots of things forward. So that's quite a nice thing for me. Or if I go out for a walk, it gives me perspective on some things from work that I might not have figured out just sitting in front of my laptop. So mm. it's easy to just sit and feel like you're moving stuff forward because you're sat at your desk, but you've actually yeah. spent 20 minutes jumping between tabs and just getting yourself a little bit yeah, flustered. Yeah. Or if you've worked too long that day, not enough breaks, you're really not working at your best, you're far better to stop and then come back to it. Yeah, I think the thing that underpins all of that is self-awareness of knowing mm. what's going to be best for me right now. Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, you know, for you, that looked like actually stepping into work 
on a day off. Yeah. But some days that looks like stepping away from work when yeah. you just know I'm pushing it too much, yeah, I yeah. need to go. And equally, like, I'm way better early in the morning than any other time of day. Yeah, I get that from you. But I wouldn't send someone an email early in the morning. I might write it and save it in drafts, but I don't want anyone else to think this is a good idea to work early in the morning. But give me anything after about four or five and I'm rubbish. Whereas Dad can work in a really productive and really creative way really late at night. Mm. And that's when he's on his best, you know. So it's understanding that about different people and your own rhythms. Mm. Yeah. It's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's a constant work in progress of just finding yeah. that ever-changing balance and how to keep on top of it. As a leader, you realise what you're modelling by how you're living. You know, you can mm. say, I don't expect this, but if you're doing it, you know, mm. and being accountable and saying, hey, I'm trying to do this, you know, just let me know if it hasn't worked or let me know, you know, yeah, I'm not working Saturdays. And then they say, oh, how come you sent me an email on a Saturday? And think, oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. All that <laughs> sort is. of stuff. Yeah, and having other people feel permission to... Speak I into think that. so, yeah, yeah, because a lot of it is sort of modelling, isn't it, really, when you're leading, mm. rather than telling people what to do, you're, you're, you want them to say, oh, I, you know, you want to show them how to do it and invite them into that and mm. show them a way, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, for instance, with this big service we've got, you know, people can get, and I used to get like this, just very nervous about getting things wrong, mm. but actually realising the bigger picture of what's happening, there'll be loads of extra people, it's an exciting time, it's celebration. yeah. It's a really great thing. And we're doing it as a family, church family. So mm. we get the kids to come back in. There'll be extra people coming. It'll be a bit rowdy, you know, but that's okay. It's fun. We mm. don't know some of the elements of it. We need to work it out as we go along. But, um, mm. yeah, so, I, yeah, bringing in that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think so much of this is letting yourself kind of sit in imperfection where we're not mm. always trying to, you know do it in the best possible way and beating ourselves up for not doing it like that but actually just like you said the the feeling at the end of the day where you have an unfinished to-do list being able to sit with that feeling of okay I didn't get everything done but that's yeah. okay I'm going to step away or yeah, that yeah. thing didn't go 100% and that's yeah. okay like you work on, hard at working out like what's my priority today what do I need to get done what's the really and sometimes you don't do it because you faff around and you think I didn't want to do that in any case but you know, generally, if you've prioritised the really important things rather than just the urgent things, that sense of satisfaction. And like tomorrow, at the end of tomorrow, hopefully look around, think we did this together. It was so great. Did it as a team. People stepped up, did new things. We did it together. It's great. Nothing better than that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I feel like you need to come back after tomorrow and give you <laughs> an update on it. Um, we've been chatting for 50 minutes. That's gone very quickly. Oh, my word. Yeah, it always happens with podcasts, doesn't it? I know, yeah. It just keeps going. So people are so interesting. It's so good to have a chat. Oh, it's nice to kind of sit and actually ask you questions. Oh, no, fun. Sit and just chat about Strictly, which is lovely. Yeah. It's nice to, <laughs> nice to talk about other things. Um, any final encouragements you would like? to leave people with mm. you know, listening to this podcast will be primarily women yeah with very busy lives often stepping into spaces and worlds that maybe they don't always feel 100% confident or yeah. comfortable in yeah any encouragements for them as they step into their yeah. day sometimes you just have to take that big deep breath don't you and actually step into it and or work out how somebody else would do it. But I suppose really the best thing is to, to know you bring a unique contribution mm. and be confident about that. Don't, you know, don't push to be into something. Trust that it will sort of be discovered. You can you can be in a setting and be yourself and you'll be just what you need to be, really. Mm. Yeah. 
that. I think really lean into yourself. You know, I believe everybody's got a kind of unique, you know, because where people of faith, I would say that like God's given you gifts and talents and a unique personality and something you can bring to this world. So there's something for you to bring. And be confident about that, that you bring something unique. Get yourself good friends around you as well. Look for other people that can, you know, encourage you, champion you. Mm. See who you can champion. Always invite other people into the conversation. Always open doors for others. Never think this circle is complete, there's enough of us. Or if that person shows up, there'll be less for me. It's not true. Always invite other people in. See who you can bring along. Mm. It's just much more fun, isn't it, doing it together? Yeah. I think a great reminder within that of, you know, it's that quote of people struggle to want to be what they can't see. Mm. And actually when we're stepping yes. into spaces where we're Absolutely. paving the way or doing something new, Absolutely. actually it's so exciting to think about what that then does for Yeah, yeah. The people you're following. showing somebody else it could be me, I could do that. Yeah, and you're bringing others along. You're saying, be, you could be loads better than I would be in that role. Come on, you know, you can do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Tell them what you see in them bring others along we've all got like people are opening doors for us and we're opening doors for others all the time aren't we mm. you and dad are very good at that oh thank you dad. that's why i'm so grateful to both of you for, oh, for we raising you. me we're so proud of you thanks love you so nice <laughs> to have you on the podcast oh, thank you for having me thanks for joining me enjoyed it loved it thanks oh, love that we're about <laughs> to go to m&s yes we're gonna get some snacks we are and then we're gonna watch strictly da 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 <laughs> it is musicals week and then tomorrow we're having a roast dinner we are name a more wholesome, wholesome I know. weekend good hey i don't think this is what people imagine a single 23 year old is up to on a saturday night but well, i'm not didn't, complaining yeah you don't do that every week do you but this weekend no, is true. you're home right now and we're yeah. doing that so that's fun it's nice to have the balance yeah it's lovely really yeah. good right thanks for joining me thank you for having me peace out you don't say peace out do you no i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> 